0: So today, as Mike said, Pastor Mike said, we're kicking off a a series that we've titled Freedom, and I think it falls at the right time because uh, this coming week we're going to be celebrating uh, the 4th of July in the United States of America. Let me say this, you know, we live in America, and we're blessed to live in America, right? We are very, very blessed, and... and, uh, Freedom is an amazing experience. In fact, you don't realize how amazing of an experience freedom is until you've been in some kind of bondage. Until you've been in uh, oppression, some kind of oppression in your life. Or you've had barriers that you had to cross. You know, we 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 talk about walls, right? We're going to put walls up, and we're I'm not saying, and I'm not being political, or but there's walls that are placed when you've got barriers. Uh, you really understand how important freedom is. In fact, I was uh, in I was privileged to be in Europe in uh, about 1982-83. Uh, I, I backpacked Europe for 42 days, and uh, I don't know what my mom was thinking. I was a sophomore in high school. And so I was privileged to see the Berlin Wall. And then uh, that wall doesn't stand anymore. And so when they knocked that wall down, they were uh, ecstatic about that barrier coming down. So you don't understand freedom until you have been under some kind of uh, uh, barriers or, or you've had limitations in your life and you're bound to those limitations or you've had biases in your life. Uh, there are some people that have extreme biases or prejudice in their lives. And, and so freedom is something that, uh, that you don't comprehend. And let me say this, let me say this. Freedom is incredible, but very few people live free. Very few people live free. Most people are, are, are op- oppressed or they are bound to some kind of barrier in their life or they have some uh, kind of bias or prejudice or, or, or some limitations in their life and they are not experiencing the freedom that God has purchased for us. Even in this great nation. I mean, you, you, you put on social media and you see all the 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 bias and prejudice and all the hatred. All the hatred. You put on news agencies. You see all the hatred. That's not freedom. There's no freedom in your mind. There's no freedom in your heart. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're bound by something. And God wants to speak to you in the next three weeks and how you are set free. The great... uh, Thinker, the the genius, Albert Einstein, he said this. He said, everything that is really great and inspiring is created by the individual who can labor in freedom. Now, this is such a pregnant statement. It's such a pregnant statement. There's so much, there's so much in in that statement that we're going to unpack as we look at the scriptures. It's a pregnant statement because what Einstein is saying is that that everything that we esteem is great, and everything that inspires us to greatness comes from our labor in freedom. Let me put it another way, our freedom to serve. Everything that we call great in America is because someone served our country and fought for the freedom that we enjoy. You see, for us to really enjoy freedom, there comes a serving that comes with it. Our freedom to serve changes the lives of other people. But our freedom to serve not only changes the lives of other people, our freedom to serve changes more than anything our In fact, when you start to serve other people, when you start to to submit yourself and and do what Jesus did, Jesus said, "I did not come to be served, but I came to be a servant." And in that, there was freedom that was experienced in his freedom to the Father and his freedom, bound from anything that could that could bind him. He he didn't have any political uh, 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 biases. He didn't have any any uh, social biases. He didn't have any religious biases. He came to serve the purposes of the Father. And I'm going to bring something to to this discussion today that if you grab a hold of it, it'll change your life forever. I'm going to bring something today into your thinking, into your hearing into your emotional heart that will change your life forever. And what I want to bring to you is, that, is the freedom to worship. And you're going to understand it a lot, a lot greater uh, as, we, as we go through this sermon because the greatest attribute that, that we have as people is, a, is the ability to worship. That's, what God, that's why God created us to have a relationship with him. But this relationship is a relationship where we understand that he's greater than anything that we're going to face. He's greater than, 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 than us. He's greater than, than my wife, than, than my wife's husband. She, he's greater than my parents. He's greater, he's greater than anything that I've ever idolized in my life. He's greater than this, this uh, political person. He's greater than this athletic person. He's greater than, uh, than this uh, uh, you know, uh, singer or artist or actor or such, he's greater. And my, the greatest privilege that I have is to be able to worship the almighty God. And, and w- where we get caught in this snag is that we worship everything else. Bible says we worship the creation instead of the creator. And all of us fall prey to that. In fact, sometimes people in the congregation fall prey to it because they begin to worship the pastor instead of the one who called them to speak. That's something we have to always watch out for. We're all people. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every person that is sitting here in this sanctuary, every person that's listening on the podcast is worshiping. You may not be worshiping God, but you're worshiping something or you're worshiping someone. Whatever you give your life to in serving, whatever you're serving, I want you to think with me. Whatever you're serving, what, your day, you, you serve something. You serve someone. Throughout the day, you might serve your fear. You might serve your anxiety. You might, you're serving something. And that's what you're worshiping. And we're going to go to a passage in the Bible. And, and, and isn't that funny? We're going to go to Exodus so that we can exit and be free. Where Moses, where Moses goes to the children of Israel and he begins to speak to them the words of God. And God is, is going to do mighty miracles. He's going he's to do some signs and wonders in front of Not only the Israelites, but in front of all the Egyptians, in front of Pharaoh, who was the greatest power known to man at that time. And he does plagues and all these different signs. I'm not gonna, that's another, that's another series. We'll talk about that some other time. But today we're gonna talk about what was the whole purpose of God sending Moses to Egypt to free. The children of Israel, God's people, so that they wouldn't live in bondage anymore. What was the whole purpose of it? I'm going to read, okay? If you got your Bible, you can go to uh, Exodus 8.1. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. And I just want to read that, that one verse. And it says there, the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh. And I want you to say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. Another translation, uh, a literal translation would say that they can serve me. Let my people go so that they can serve me. See, see the, the word there, the, the literal uh, uh, word, Hebrew word is avod. Let my people go so that they can avod me. And that word avod is such an amazing word as I, as I began to research it. That word, it, it, it applies to things or people or to God and it's an exhilarating experience which does not seem like bondage at all. Isn't that crazy? Let my people go so that they can avod me, so that they can worship me, so they can serve me. And that word means It's applied to things or people, and especially God, and it's an exhilarating experience. I freak out, I freak out when I come into into this experience here, and I see people that are not entering into an an experience with the living God. We don't call our church, we don't call our, our, our services services. Here at Living Word. Did you know that? We don't say we have a Sunday morning service. What do we call it? The Sunday worship experience. And I never even had studied this word when we applied that. You know, we have this thing called the bigs at Living Word Chapel. The B stands for uh, uh, the best Sunday worship experience. Because Sunday is where things begin. And when you come and you experience the presence of God, when we come together and we worship him, great things happen the rest of the week, the rest of the week. The I stands invest one day to a small group because you grow together in a small group. You, you, You have people that come alongside. The G stands for give your family what they need. What does your family need? What do the families need in our society in America? They need your time. You see, if you're a husband and wife here, if you're not spending time with each other, there's something wrong. If you're not spending time with your children, there's something wrong. You have to invest. You have to give your family what they need, and they need your time. And the S stands for strive to make a difference in your community. Quit talking about how bad your towns are. Quit talking about how bad our cities are. Quit talking about how bad our, 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 our neighborhood is. Strive to make a difference there. Be the light of God. And so, so Moses calls the people to this Avad, to this place of, of, of exhilaration, to this experience that is way beyond their, their, their limitations. And it's not bondage at all. It's not bondage at all. True worship beloved is always exhilarating did you know that true worship is always better than a Disneyland ride it's always better than six flags and I love those places it's always better than than a lake experience. It's always been true worship when you, when you come into this, this place of, of oneness with God, it's exhilarating and it's incredible. Can I tell you that, that this is so important? God wants to set you free to worship. God wants to set me free to worship, to serve him. In his purposes. And so I put three truths together, which I think will help you experience freedom in worship, okay? And here's truth number one truth number one is that you and I were created to worship. Did you know that? that that's why we were created. The Lord says, Let my people worship me. And the reason that the, that that God had Moses go to Pharaoh, and, and tell them, and tell him that that, uh, that he needed to to allow them to worship him was because every person there in Egypt, every Egyptian, every every Israelite, were worshiping, and God wanted for the Israelites to experience worship in Him because we're all created to worship. Just think with me logically. Okay? Think with me logically. Not even theologically, just logically. What do we do when we're children, when we're infants, when we raise our kids? Aren't we like little gods to them? Think with me. Logically. Put, put, put everything else out. Don't don't children, don't children rely on parents? To sustain for their lives. The child knows no, no difference. The child, when she, when she or he is born, they, they are reliant on their mother for, for either, either breast milk or, or formula. Huh? If it's formula, then the dad's involved. If it's, if it's uh, breast milk, then the dad says, well, I have nothing to do with that, baby. I can't help. But they're reliant, their substance, their whole life is dependent on the father and the mother. And in fact, when, when you see, I, I remember my kids as they were growing up, and as I, my, you know, my son being two years old, and my, my both boys, two and three years old, I remember that I was like the incredible Hulk to them. They thought that I could move mountains, then they became teenagers, and everything stopped. But in that time, when they were children, when they were infants, their whole livelihood, and they thought that we were, they just idolized us. But here's the thing, that we were never created to be our children's God. We were created to point them to the God who is really God. And how do I know that? Because God spoke this to two parents. And he said, this is how society should should run. This is the healthy way that a society should, should flow. When he created Adam and then he brought Eve out of the rib and he fashioned Eve out of that rib of Adam, he said, for this reason, a man will leave. I want you to hear this. A man, male, will leave his father and his mother, male, female, and will cleave to his wife and the two will become one. In other words, we were never created to be our children's gods. God was created to be their God. And can I tell you that we were never created to worship our children? And our society is filled with, with people that are worshiping their, their children. In fact, some people's families break down when, when their children grow up and they leave the house because they've never poured into their own lives. They've never poured into their marriage. They've never allowed God to be the God of their family. And so when their children grow up and they leave, they don't know what to do. They're broken. We were never created to worship our kids. We were never created to worship our grandkids. And i got to remind myself that all the time. If I, if I would have known any better, I would have had my grandkids first. Yeah, my kids, you know, and you, you're probably, you're, your children probably say the same thing. You never acted like that with us. What happened to you? Who is that guy? Right? We were never, we were never intended to worship Anything or any person or any small g God other than God Almighty. But we get it so wrong, and there's people that are, maybe even sitting here, but people all over this sphere that are worshiping in the wrong place. God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, and he said this. He said, um, well, let me, let me go back to, to, to Psalm. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 100. He said, and this is the same word, okay, Avad. He said, Avad the Lord with gladness, or serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. He who has made us, and not we ourselves, We are his people, and we are the sheep of his pastor. And the reason reason for this is that when you worship God, the reason that this is so important is because when you worship God, you and I get filled with hope. You and I get filled with peace. You and I get filled with joy. You and I get filled with faithfulness. You and I get filled with self-control. Freedom to worship the living God. The call to the Israelites was to come out of bondage so that they could serve, so that they could worship. And so as we go into Independence Day, I want you to think, as God's people, is he calling you out of some kind of bondage, some kind of bias, some kind of prejudice, some kind of, uh, uh, of, of, of tie that's keeping you from worshiping God. I would love to tell you guys that at the end of the service for you guys to try something with me. Try to worship God with holding hands up high. I mean, that's such a, 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 an easy thing, but it's such a difficult thing because it does something to our hearts. Usually we worship God. It's funny because a part of our praise group went to uh, uh, a church in, in Kearney last week. And they had record numbers for that church. They had over 100 people that was there. That was incredible for them. And our praise team led them in worship. And I was looking at at some of the pictures of them worshiping. And, you know, that's just praise and worship where you actually, you know, worship God, right? You enter in with singing. That's exactly what the psalmist said. We sing with gladness. And I was watching the pictures. And I could see some of those in this church, very conservative church. I could see some of those people like this. And then I could see some of people like this. And men were notorious for this. We hold ourselves back from the freedom of worship. We hold ourselves back from being liberated to let God be everything in our lives. And before we even come to the the conclusion of our service, I'm going to ask you to consider to worship God like you've never worshipped him with praise. Because it will liberate you. Here's truth number two. You were not only were you created to worship, but you were called to worship. You were called to worship. Did you know that our freedom always comes with a calling? Do you know that? Moses, Moses ran away from Egypt because he had murdered a man. He tried to do things in his own strength. His freedom, his freedom was going to be by going back to Egypt, and not only to, to, to serve the living God, but to bring the people out of their slavery. Now, this is what it says in, uh, in v- chapter 3, verse 4. It says, when the Lord saw, and mo- this is the burning bush experience, so the, the bush is burning, it's not consumed, and God is, is, is drawing Moses to that place, because Moses was was a shepherd. And Moses, as he's going through, he sees something he's never seen before. And, he, and it says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him within the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And he, and he began to, to give him all of the instructions of what he was going to do. Let me say this to you, beloved. God calls us. He doesn't force us. He calls us to be free. If you were forced into freedom, it wouldn't be freedom. It'd be bondage. It would be religion. God calls you. God challenges you. God asks us. Jesus said, come and follow me. That was an invitation. That's a calling. Come and worship me. He told the woman at the well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. God wants to set us free to worship him. Your problems will seem less escalated when you worship God. Worship God in your most difficult of times and your problems will seem minimal. Because your problems can become your God. You'll pay more attention to them than you do Jesus. The call to Moses was the foundation of a call for God's people to have access to worship a living God and our worship always, always, always comes with a call. But here's the reality, that all of us are pulled in different ways. So yesterday I'm preparing, I'm getting ready and I'm sitting in my my favorite chair and I've got some praise music on and I'm doing some things. Actually, I got on social media. That can become a God, right? You kind of just numb your mind sometimes, just going through your page, reading things. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, I am wasting a lot of time. I'm I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions. When I'm going to speak to probably 300 people tomorrow, I said, God, I just want to spend some time with you. All of us are pulled. Think with me. Have you been pulled this week away from worship? Have you been pulled this week away from, from this experience, exhilarating experience, instead for heaviness and oppression and difficulty? Look at, This is where, where Jeremiah, uh, God spoke to him. This is what, 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 what he says. This is God speaking through Jeremiah in uh, uh, Jeremiah 2, verses 20 and 21. He says, For long ago I broke your yoke, a yoke is, 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 is something that they put on oxen, on cows, so that they would, they would hold them together, right? I broke your yoke, your yoke, and I tore off your bonds. He's talking about the Egyptian experience, when he, the exodus right here. I tore off your bonds, but you said, I will never, same word right there, right? I will never adopt. I will never adopt. I will never avod. sorry. He says, for on every high hill and under every green tree you have laid down as a, as, as a harlot. And, and, and another translation said you've laid down as a whore. You've, you've been pulled away and, and you've, been, you've, you've just been taken to different gods, to different idols. That's, that happens to all of us. Yet I planted you a choice vine, a completely faithful seed. How then have you turned yourself before me into the degenerate shoots of a foreign vine? Think about John 15. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the what? Branches. And if you abide in me, you will what? You'll bear a lot of fruit. Hear me now. If you abide, if you, if you worship, if you, if you submit to God, you're going to bear a lot of fruit. You won't dry up. You will not wither. That's exactly the same. He's saying to the people of Israel, he's saying, you guys have gone your own ways. You've been pulled away by, by a lot of different things. You see, all of us, all of us, all of us, Have the tendency of being pulled away from what we think is more of an exhilaration and more of an an experience. When you, you worship God, it's the greatest worship experience you could ever have. One of my favorite homeboys is Brian Head Welch. He played rock, he played the bass for Corn. I think he's back with them again. Gave his life to Jesus. God completely saved him from, from uh, a life of drugs and alcohol. And thank the Lord that he saved a lot of us from a life of drugs and alcohol and all that garbage. And, but he said, Brian said this. He said, I had a lot of hell that God needed to squeeze out of me. In other words, I had a lot of gods. I had a lot of things that I did. I had a lot of hell that God needed to squeeze out of me. Sometimes when the hell leaves you, it screams at God on the way out. And when the pain from your past leaves you, sometimes you have to feel it again on the way out. But you need to know that, that there's nothing we can say or do that can separate us from God's love. You see, he, he, he is experiencing the avad. He's experiencing worship. Here's my question to you. Are you experiencing it? Here's my question to me. Am I experiencing it? Am I I liberated? Am I walking in my my freedom? You know, this series is going to take you from, from, from here, from worship, because that's what God has called us all to do. We, God has called every one of us to live a life of worship. Because you're living it anyways. Except you're going to point it toward him. I, I, when I was unsaved, for 26 years I lived a life of worship. But I worshipped everything else I worshipped. I'm not even going to go where I did. You know, most of you. But God is calling us to something better Jesus said this or let me, go, let me say what uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians he said this and, and this is where all of us lived he said it wasn't so long ago uh, that you were you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin he said you let the world which doesn't know the first thing about living tell you how to live You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief, and then you exhaled exhaled disobedience. And I love what Paul said right here. He said, we all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us were in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole, a lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced, can I say this? He embraced me. He embraced me, and he took my sin-dead life, and he made me alive in Christ. You see, we're going to go in this series. Let me, let me just tell you where we're going. We're going in this series from a, a, a life of, of freedom and worship to why freedom matters next week. And then to this new identity in the third week, To this new identity that we have in Christ that Paul is alluding to. That we didn't deserve it, but by God's grace we're saved. See, it cost Jesus everything so that I could be free. It cost Jesus everything so that you could be free. And you know what the the trade is? You can worship him. Thomas said, My Lord and my God. After he saw the, 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 the nail prints, after he saw the hole inside, My Lord and my God to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, Thomas, because you have felt me, you believe. But blessed are those who haven't seen this and they believe. Beloved, you want to be one of the blessed. You want to be one of the ones that experience experiences the goodness of God. Je- Jesus also said this, you know. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary. And there's someone in here that you're very weary. You're very tired. You're very, you're very, uh, 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 um, you're stifled. Some of you are full of bias and maybe someone on, on the in the podcast or driving and There's some bias that's just captivated you. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and your burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm humble, and you will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But do you notice that Jesus always calls people? Paul, he's calling you. The sabbatical that, 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 that we get, sabbatical means a time of rest, Sabbath, sabbatical from the Sabbath. Our rest is not a time period, our rest is a person. People say, oh, you're not observing Sunday as a rest day, Saturday as a Sabbath, a rest day. Our rest is not in a day. Our rest is in a person. I find rest every day of the week. Someone needs to hear this because you've been under the bondage of legalism. And everything is about what you do instead of what Christ has done for you. I don't have to do anything, He's done it all. It's Jesus plus nothing. I get to. I get to walk in those new works. I just freak you out, man. I just freak religious people out. What do you you mean? You got to do something. No, you don't got to do anything. He paid it all. You see, true worship, truth number three, true worship is where we are set. The message puts it like this, uh, that same verse we were looking at, verse 1, eight, chapter 8. God said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him, tell him God's message, which is release my people. Release my people so that they can avoid Avod. Let me ask you a question, beloved. What's your Egypt? What's your Egypt? Did you know Jesus came into my Egypt? At a party? About 24 years ago? I want to release you from that bondage. What's your Egypt? What, what, what is consuming you that takes you away from the worship of God? See, there, there's no, there's a, a, there, is, there is a connection between true worship and freedom. Did you know that? I, I want you to just think with me. Man, this is, so, this is such an incredible uh, text right here. And even what Albert Einstein said, is such, such an incredible... If you, don't, if you don't unpack it, it doesn't make any sense to you. But when you unpack it, have you... Think, of, think with me, beloved. Let's just think logically. Do you ever unpack things in life? You ever unpack something and, and you say, oh, man, that's so necessary. Right, and when you pack, you know I'm getting ready to pack. I'm going someplace. Not telling you where, but I'm going someplace. And 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 we're packing, right? But when I go to that place, I will have to unpack to find the things that are necessary. And one of the things that will be necessary will be shorts. In fact, I told my wife, I think I'm going to preach preach in shorts today. Oh, babe, please choose your battles. (laughs) Exactly her words. That's exactly her words. I, I said, Babe, I'm going to preach in shorts. It's hot. It's hot. Oh, babe, please choose your battles, please. <laughs> Would you guys get mad if I preach in shorts? <laughs> Only Pastor Mike. He's still in Egypt. The, the, the reality here is you unpack things and, and you find, man, this is so necessary. this is so good right here. It's an exhilarating experience. In fact, have you ever been in your, in your luggage or in your storage and you're unpacking things and, and you find that thing that you were looking for? You know you, and, and you just needed it. it. just you just needed that one thing and, and what do you do? You kind of go like, yes, Woo-hoo! Yes, I found it, right? exactly what was going on right here you see it sets you free it, it, it and here's a crazy thing I was I was kind of unpacking the 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 text and could the could the Israelites been free in Egypt could they have sure sure I know a lot of people in prison that are more free in prison than they were outside of prison because of God hear me But there was something, there was something that was going to happen physically and more importantly in the heart, spiritually and emotionally in God's people. Here's what I know for sure. It took, it took Moses, scholars uh, argue about it, it took Moses either from a week... Up to a year, scholars argue about the exact time that it took for Moses to bring the people out of Egypt. It took them, let's just say the high number, it took them up to a year for him to let God work and draw the people out of Egypt and set them free. But it took God 40 years to take Egypt out of their hearts. That's why I said, what's your Egypt? It took took one day for Jesus Christ to set me free spiritually. He positioned me, he, he transferred me and he transferred you. If you're a child of God here, and if you're not, today's the day you make that choice. He transferred me from the domain of darkness, and he placed me in the, in the kingdom of his, of his beloved son at a breath. When I said, Lord Jesus, I need you, boom, I was transferred. In one moment, transferred. But progressively, progressively, he has been taking my Egypt out of me for 25 What is your Egypt? Today is like a, it's like a Daniel Rodriguez moment. I'll tell you why. Because I don't know if you know this, but Daniel Rodriguez lays concrete Everywhere, across the state. And when he lays concrete, it is a solid foundation. In fact, he laid the concrete in this house of worship. Today is the day that God is laying a foundation for you. And that foundation is not concrete, it's worship. And it's a freedom to build your house, your spiritual house with the foundation of worship, that God is the strength of everything you do. Oh, Lord, I will worship you with everything I have, despite my financial situation, despite my family situation, despite my health situation. I will worship you. And Egypt will not keep me bound anymore. Can you do me a big favor? Can you guys just throw me a smile up here? That's a great start. Smile. When you come before God, smile. Say, Lord, thank you for breaking the chains. You know what I mean? If we had a praise team, they'd be starting to play right now. You know, they would just come out and they'd get the guitar. It's just a moment where they just start playing, because there's a song. There's a song that, that we want to worship God to, and, and and I want you to I want you to grab a hold of something that the music style or the music, uh, uh, you know, the genre. And the praise, that's not the important thing. What's the important thing is our hearts. Why do we do praise and worship before we even preach a message? Because praise and worship is where walls are broken down. That's where Egypt is broken That's where there's a lifeline that's sent to you. You know, this reckless love, this reckless love, reckless love that we talk about. This see, God is not a reckless God. But the song was written by Corey Ashbury because he was a broken individual with broken circumstances and a broken family. And he wrote the song because God began to show him that God is not interested in what people think about him. God doesn't care about his reputation because God is perfect and good in everything that he does. He will leave the ninety-nine to find that one that's in Egypt. And he doesn't care what people will say. He will pull you out of the life of dirt and mire and all this yucky stuff, and he'll love you. He has a reckless love for you. He's got a reckless love for me.